गुड मॉर्निंग गुड आफ्टरनून गुड इवनिंग फेर एवर यू आर इन विच एवर पार्ट ऑफ द वर्ल्ड दैट यू आर लिस्टिंग टू दिस ब्रॉडकास्ट थैंक यू फॉर ट्यूनिंग इन टू आयनिजम्स अ पॉडकास्ट अबाउट सोसाइटी आर्ट्स एंटरटेनमेंट कल्चर मूवीज पेट्स रिल बिट ऑफ जियो पॉलिटिक्स एंड ऑफकोर्स आर फेवरेट क्रिकेट इन दिस एपिसोड आई एम गो टॉक अ लिटल बिट अबाउट द आई पी एल फाइनल्स द ड्रामा अराउंड एशिया कप and upcoming world cup and of course a little bit about the wtc test championship finals between india and australia so if cricket is something new to you you may want to do a crash course on youtube first <laughs> it's it's a complicated sport but fascinating nevertheless watched second only to fifa globally yep for those who didn't know that but for those who know you know these are the hot topics for today and uh, i have a lot of content to share around that so sit back relax sip your juice or if you're walking keep walking and let's dive into ionisms just a quick note to those who are tuning into ionisms for the first time this is a slow burn no frills no mumbo jumbo no big rhetorical no magic life changing information kind of a content so if that's something which you like then you're absolutely tuned into the right station is that the right station or the right podcast in this episode that will be lot of uh, political com- commentary because the nature of the content is such but that being said uh that you won't find any jingoism any rhetoricals or any i have no political affiliations or i have no inclination to to any political ideology my intent and goal is purely from a layman standpoint from a people to people contact connect standpoint and what as regular ordinary sports loving citizens of a country think about the situation that is prevalent as of now so that's the short disclaimer but i guess you get the drift and for those who've been listening to ionisms you know this has been our trend all along to not be judgmental about anything but let's start with ipl that being said ipl wow 74 matches almost 2 months grueling grueling encounters what a great spectacle for entertainment sport redefining the way cricket is being played redefining the way cricket is being thought in in world uh, in in world cricket and so the final was something of a uh, all time blockbuster spread over two and a half days uh, for those who didn't follow you know it rained out and then they restarted and then even that got delayed and then the match was curtailed and everything so all that apart what's the big highlight right the big highlight always revolved around three letters msd mahendra special dhoni mahendra singh dhoni known otherwise as captain cool and one of the most successful iconic leaders cricketing leaders Uh, that india has ever produced and so this was his swan song as many believe but as you would have heard at the end of the presentation ceremony just left a little teaser that it's easy to bid adieu to the game right now when you have won a championship and uh, versus you know rethinking yet another season and probably exiting 
not even qualifying for the playoffs. So that was the subtext that he didn't say that. I'm just paraphrasing. But the greatness of the man is he galvanized an its and bits pieces uh, players together, put them, made them believe in themselves. And this is like one for the ages, this particular run up to the finals, beating arguably the best team in the park. So GT, Gujarat Titans were arguably the best team in the tournament by far. And they just beat them two times in a space of one week, which is phenomenal. I mean, they had every box checked, batting, bowling, fielding, even captaincy, one could argue. And here this was this old juggernaut, where it a bunch of uh, new kids on the block, some old guards, huffing and puffing and screeching and wheeling and no bowling and riding their way into the finals. But somehow, and that's the buzzword there for MSD, right? Somehow, the stadium lights up quite literally. If, have you, if some of you don't know who MSD is, just go to YouTube, search the magic of MSD. Uh, and Mahindra Singh Dhoni, the moment he walked onto the park, the lights of the entire stadium went up. The noise decibels were greater than 120 and people just love the guy. And it's like this uh, Pied Piper leading uh, <laughs> the mice onto, onto the park and they become tigers on on the field. And so it, it was a fairy tale ending, right? It was absolute fairy tale ending and I couldn't I could have done a episode right the day after of of the finals, but I just couldn't gather enough energy. I had completely drained out, emotionally invested, right? Completely emotionally invested and then completely emotionally spent. So much so that I stayed awake till the last over and I just couldn't take it anymore. I switched off the television because I wanted to have MSD's last memory as, you know, still commanding the field and I was fearing that uh, GT would run away with this one more time and make it two wins in a row uh, only to hear the noises uh, quick 10 minutes later and then I couldn't sleep uh, the whole night so it, it was and the next day I had to turn up to work and it was tough but it was the best can I call it a jet lag uh, CSK lag that could ever happen to anybody. So the finals were spectacular, the memories, the nostalgia. And I was hearing some interview uh, with uh, some of the English uh, commentators uh, on, on YouTube and they could not quite understand why is there a fan following about an individual and not the team. And uh, clearly they, uh, the person doesn't get uh, that part of the sport and I respect that maybe that's the way they look at it but in India and the subcontinent is always has always been hungry for superstars and fortunately we have never had a dearth of superstars one after the other and speaking of superstars the next one on the horizon is Mr. Shubman Gill as I've spoken in the previous episode succession plan if you haven't heard that you might want to go and check that out is he there yet? He is the next crown prince. Is he the next king? I don't know. Lots of uh, big titles coming his way. Showing the right attitude, talent, technique. And you know, you see so many players and you see a certain spark in this player. There's no scientific way to 
describe that spark. Like you see many footballers around the world who play great football, they have great footwork, they dribble well, they pass well. But then you see a Lionel Messi. There's, there's something different about the guy. Right? So it's something similar. And so he he did his bit in in the lead up to the finals and uh, so did some of their bowlers. Mr. Rashid Khan, really exemplary under the circumstances, did a fabulous job. But it was to be, as they say, destiny in the hands of none other than Mr. Ravindra Singh Jadeja. Oh my God, that last over was epic written all over it. Mr. Mohit Sharma bowling, arguably one of the best overs that he'll ever bowl until it never was. And such is the irony and cruelty and beauty of sport that you do 80% of the job absolutely accurately and then the last 20% just destroys the rest 80%. And you, you go through the highs and lows and you know, the media coverage has been all about CSK and nostalgia and all that, but very little coverage on what GT is going through. Sure, it is, you know, they made a brave and gracious remark that it, we don't mind losing to CSK or MSD in particular. But hey, they beat you twice in a row. It must be stinging somewhere. It must be hurting somewhere. And they will... I mean, they are a relatively new team. So sometimes what happens is new teams take a little time to get into the psyche of the region they represent. Like CSK and Mumbai Indians have gotten right into the psyche of that region. It's just not in the stadium. It's in the public places. It's in the people. You know, it's there everywhere. Right? And it's quite evident that the state city system appeals for it craves for it and it's um, it's, it's a sight for sore eyes right that's such great fan following such intense fans fan following that mr msd has and i'm guessing long after he is gone he'll leave behind a very rich legacy so i won't belabor this conversation as there's so much of uh, commentary around it but suffice to say a great spectacle uh, of the recent modern times of the great spectacle this last match was you know the tip of the uh, or the cherry on top like it was just very apt a finish that one could ever imagine i guess the only million dollar question or six million dollar question that remains is will msd be back for yet another season I'd probably take a guess that he'll say no after the adrenaline rush settles down and the body starts to play up. But, well, would I be happy to see him? Look, as a, as a fan, as a big uh, supporter of MSD, of course you'd like to see the magic rekindle one more time. But I'd hate to see him go out uh, in a... In a losing cause you know that's the way biased sports fans are that you want to see your heroes exit when they're at the top and uh, msd has managed to do just that not that his popularity will go down if he manages if he loses midway or something like that but i think you know what one thing that must be pinching him that he could not score in the final 
I think that's that it was a tailor-made situation for him. But that's how unscripted live matches are that you just don't know. When the world was expecting him to hit the final six, relive the magic yet again, he just couldn't score. But it does not even take away one ounce of greatness that he's accrued a mast over the years. And so that will still continue even if he plays the next season. Well, personally, if you ask me, I think uh, he should just call it a day. And my sense is he would just one fine day give a one and a half tweet or a half tweet, say time up, boots up or some sort like random <laughs> one liner and then you're done. I don't think he's the one who will probably go like, three pages of, you know, thank you this and thank you that. He'll probably have a very short cut message. Uh, but yeah, that's how it is. In the next segment, let's move on to the drama of Asia Cup. Politics and sports should not be mixed. Politics and sport cannot do without each other. That is the debate. There is enough commentary that you already know, are aware of the drama back and forth, one-upmanship going on behind the scenes, arguably, because none of it is official statement or statements being made uh, barring. Mr. Najam Sethi, PCB chairman, making giving a series of interviews to the journals. After that, it's uh, radio silence other than trusted sources, known sources, very well-informed people and those kind of references. I think the general sentiment, if I were to just sum this up for you, is should politics play a part in sporting activities or should politics be left out of it completely? The jury is divided on this, right? Can country completely be hypocritical that um, and let me just preface that let me just predicate the answer or response to that thought by saying you know when you hear the feet on street in Pakistan blaming India for every single thing they kind of quite unabashedly and openly say India equals enemy India equals the bad guys and so India equals the bully and so on and so forth so they are presenting themselves as you know India is doing all the wrong things while we are uh, the victim party here and uh, we have done no wrong what none of these anchors who interview these uh, people on the street ask them is don't you think Pakistan must have done something for India to react that way I mean that's a question that I've never heard anyone ask like it's always India doing a propaganda and everything, which is okay. Well, if you're saying them they are your enemy, then that's what enemies do. <laughs> I mean, that's common sense, isn't it? But uh, nobody really asks that. Well, if you're getting a response from another, the opposite party in a certain manner and fashion, could it be possible that we have done something as well to evoke such a reaction? That will never get asked, in my view. But Hey, I think it's uh, the dichotomy that the sport lover, cricket lover in India uh, today is, well, I can't be hypocritical about this. On one hand, there is cross-border terrorism. There are people dying. There have been people killed mercilessly mercy, mercy and uh, suffered for so many years. And then suddenly, all I want is a game of cricket. Then suddenly it looks... Uh, it's like a no-brainer, right? It's 
it's not even a compare it doesn't even hold any ground but then there is this other thought which is say hey if you had to inch your way back then sport or movies could be the first step is it not why should sport be mixed with politics just when you thought you will you know, rest with that thought and you hear a bunch of uh, cricketers ex cricketers in pakistan you know go on and on about how india is the bad country and, and everything is mr modi's fault and as if uh, they just can't get over the 2002 gujarat riots and everything despite supreme court's verdict and the mandate that india has given in fact there have been enough interviews from uh, the minority communities in india saying multiple times that hey don't worry about us we are fine does it mean everything is fine no everything is not fine i'm sure there are some injustices that have happened as have happened everywhere in the world so am i defending it no i'm not defending it i'm saying these are incidents in history which we have lessons to learn and we have learned a lot of lessons and we are dealing with it to the best of our abilities and it's it's not uh, uh, you know one in, in global geopolitics one cannot just paint a broad brush stroke and say well then everybody is oppressed and then everybody is like this no that's not true otherwise we wouldn't have a precedent from a minority community uh not just once you know multiple times and so one can keep on arguing about all of these things and you know rhetorics are the fuel to an empty mind people can just argue about it get you know they can ratchet up a lot of emotion and sentiment and teach you a lesson will show it to you and we are an atomic power and they just revel in it when their economy is dying almost every single day but but hey we have uh, we are i don't know I, i've promised not to um I've, i promised to be as neutral as possible so i'm just speaking as neutrally as possible all i'm saying if, if folks from pakistan are tuned into this broadcast no, i don't think we ever as india ever said that we are perfect right there are areas of improvement nobody is denying that so why is it so difficult to believe that there would have been some anomalies some aberrations some difficulties that the country has faced owing to whatever could be lack of law and order could be lack of uh, social governance could be prejudice could be bias you know what let me let you in on a secret there are 1.42 billion people yeah no million billion b capital b that's a lot of people 28 states 1.4 billion 60% of the country below the age of 30 there is a lot happening and so it's incredibly difficult to run this country where all checks and balances are in place but we still do and we are trying our best right so you have to understand there is the sensationalism that the media loves to highlight thanks to trp ratings and the ad revenue that comes from it and that is the news that if you pick up as the gospel truth or the absolute truth then the joke is on you seriously and it counts for both sides right the the rhetorics the burnings the perception that many indians have of, of pakistan is very highly media driven 
whereas the regular folks i'm sure there are regular folks in pakistan who just want a regular life doing their regular business job whatever and get on with it right unfortunately you never get to see those people or you never get to hear those people and so there is misconception on either side now the question is from a cricket standpoint how long will this impasse continue people will go back and forth and fight and argue and make statements and jingoism and rhetoricals on television and everything on youtube is filled with asia cup updates and i'm like what are you saying differently you're just quoting sources and known sources and there is no news that has been forwarded beyond anything so we are not in a position to judge what's right or wrong as regular ordinary citizens we are not privy to a lot of information that some of our people at the leadership know which is happening which they probably can't share on mass right they can't probably share it's not for everybody's consumption and so one will ha- have to believe that it is there is a reason for such a stance and i'm just speaking from an indian stance standpoint if there's a political narrative that is uh, underscoring a particular political stance then there has to be greater good or reasoning for the country what other choice do you have do you have an alternative version of the truth you don't so if you don't then what is left behind is what you get to hear so somewhere yes you can use your own judgment if you are privy to that kind of information if you're not then you have to believe what you have to believe what you see and the same logic probably holds true for folks across the border right they they can't help it right the regular folks on on the streets of pakistan get to hear this anti india rhetoric since their childbirth right the, it's there in the history books it's there in the social media conversations it's everywhere and so they must be feeling this dichotomy that on one hand i like the movies i like the stars i like the way they play cricket and but i don't like them either i want us to win but let them score a century <laughs> you know this a little bit of this and a little bit of that uh, and so that's why asia cup the future of it the following one international odi world cup these are and then of course the champions trophy in a couple of years all these are so politically driven that i don't see how we can even influence any of that yes we can choose to agree on the stance or disagree on the stance but we can't really in- impact it because there is like i said information which is beyond us beyond our pay grades so i'd i'd refrain from making any commentary on what the political narrative is and i'd probably stick to what the political stance is and follow that and accept it yes as a sports lover do i feel the loss of a cricketing generation not having played against each other absolutely is there good sporting li- rivalry absolutely there is does the world love watching an india pakistan match yes they do but you know what let me make a big differentiation here and this is the part that you probably wouldn't have heard before you've heard the the praises of highs and lows of india pak cricket you know how pakistan were dominant in say the 80s and early 90s and then india's resurgence in the 2000s and how india dominates dominated for better part of the last 20 years and then now pakistan is reemerging and there have been some epic battles and encounters and all those things you've heard that's the known part and one of the biggest 
things that you've not heard is people tune in to watch cricket. There are kind of two types, two categories of people. One who watch it for the sporting ability, the the technicality of the sport, of a great sporting encounter uh, in tennis parlance, uh, Steffi Graf and Gabriela Sabatini, and I'm going back and dating myself, but yeah. Uh, or Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi, or, uh, you know, some of the, you know, you, the heightened form of sport is what attracts you and somehow matches between India and Pakistan, not just in the, um, just discount the last 15 years or so, but before that and, uh, and maybe of the recent past, this mid period of 2003, 4 to 2015, 16, the matches were not all that great. But prior to that and after that, the matches have been more key, keenly contested. And so you have this additional Delta crowd, which is large in volume. Now, Delta usually is a smaller section, but in this instance, the Delta is very large. You have people who do not understand the sport watch that match just because of emotions, nostalgia, rhetoric, jingoism, whatever. The smaller part though is those who follow cricket closely from and treat it just as another contest between bat and ball. And so, but for the broadcaster, A plus B equals money. And so if the mass is involved, then why would I not uh, I worry about, you know, uh, why would I worry about uh, anything else other than generating ad revenue every third delivery of the match, you know? And so it is very important to make this distinction that there are two categories of people who make an Indo-Pak encounter great. One is the informed critical criticality or the sports lover or the cricket lover who understands the technicality of it and one just for the pure entertainment, they will watch no match before that and no match after that. And so the broadcasters around the world will not care about the before and the after. They'll only care about that match because that is bang for the buck, return of investment. That is everything. That's where you get all your investments realized and with interest and everything. And so people often mistake that, you know, India Park rivalry as in all time, the all in my definition, a great rivalry is when the mass and I was about to say the class, the mass and the informed spectator are probably in equal number. I don't know if that can happen or if there is any sport, probably tennis comes close where the entire uh, center court audience, if you will, is aware of the intricacies of the sport and I'm making sweeping um, <laughs> assumptions here but uh, it turns out that you know people understand because the rules are also lesser let's put it this way some of the other sports I mean tennis does not have half the number of rules that say cricket has the complexities that cricket has it's incredibly difficult for mass adoption probably one of the reasons why football is so well accepted globally because it's a very simple game at the heart of it, right? The skill levels are very high, but the game is non-complex. Not the case with cricket. Neither the game is simple nor playing it is easy. It taxes the body, the mind, the skill, the hand-eye coordination, everything. And so 
the getting the mass involved in such a sport is a difficult proposition and so people rely on such encounters like england australia and the ashes or india pakistan there isn't any other compare that comes close of course india australia is coming close uh, developing into one of the all time great clashes but not as much so anyways to cut the long story short i think the future of asia cup is something that we can only wait and watch in the next segment let's talk about the world test championship finals india has managed to spin its way to the world test championship finals but now they will find themselves competing against australia at a neutral venue ie england early summer at oval which kind of resembles uh, indian pitches but not quite especially if uh, you know when it's very cold then the ball will not swing it's when the temperature difference happens the ball starts to wobble and swing around and that's where that's been india's nemesis and so if if india and australia were to battle it out i think it will be the battle of the bowlers more than the battle of the batters uh, which will win them the championship final as india found out in the last year last test championship losing to new zealand they just couldn't hold still they just the discipline was absolutely abysmal chasing fourth stump deliveries fifth stump deliveries outside the off and repeatedly getting out to the same shots and that's what upset me the most it's bowlers are entitled to bowl you know this one of jaffa for delivery which you cannot play but getting out to the same delivery in the same fashion has been india's batting nemesis so the way i see the world test championship final is we are going to have a tough time selecting the 11 whether you keep uh, ashwin and jadeja together or not is always been the debate and doubt and sometimes quite appalling in the past but um, that's, that's our selection committee hopefully there are saner wiser minds right now the ground dimensions will play a role and who wins the toss will have a big bearing on the outcome of the match so my two cents to this is if india win the toss they should opt to bowl and then trust their batting to deliver in the fourth innings but if uh, australia win the toss my sense is they're going to opt to bowl as well they have a strong bowling attack and putting indian batsmen i think the first hour they can probably defend their way with a low score but i think the magic starts to happen little later in the afternoon when the temperatures are a little more uneven that is when the ball starts to wobble and do the talking and comments and co will swing it around uh, to much to the discomfort so i mean the flip side of looking at it is if you survive say the period of the 12 pm to 2 pm or 3 pm chances are 4 pm to 5 pm or end of day's play will be relatively easier but that's always you know ifs and buts um in the second innings the it gets relatively easier unless again we have an overnight char or overcast conditions so weather plays a big part in england 
if none of that if weather remains constant then the pitch will ease out little more even bounds probably low to even bounds and it will suit the indian batters i don't see indian batters scoring 500 on this pitch to not bat again if they were to bat first i sense they will be around the 300 probably depending on how mr shubhan gill and mr kohli these are the key wickets now and it's quite surprising to even include Mr. Gill in the same conversation of with Mr. Kohli. But I'd love to see if Mr. Rane gets a chance uh, to get back into the squad. Um, and so if they fire well, and then if you're going to stick to Aksar Patel, given that he is a southpaw, bowls left-handed, which could be an advantage. Um, and, but so does Ravindra Singh Jadeja. And so the argument is, who do you leave out and who do you keep in the team? But if that is the team composition, then India, if the if Ashwin comes in at what, number seven or number eight, then clearly they should opt to bat first and back their batting. But if they're unsure of their lessons learned and if they start playing a T20 format in a test match, trying to emulate bass ball, then clearly I think we'll struggle. Big cause of concern is Mr. Rohit Sharma's mental block. No doubt, there's no doubting his talent or ability or anything. I think he's gotten to an age where he is just feeling the pressure. He's probably not at his fittest best. And these are all from visuals. I don't have his access to his medical records or anything, but he needs to uh, shape up a little bit and uh, and play a little more relaxed. There's no hurry to score. Even if it's a labored 50, it's, it's all right. I think you crawl back into form. I think he's trying to blast his way back into form, make a statement and all that stuff. That's the impression I get from the outside. It's probably not required for him to do so much. There is enough of history that he can pull off big scores, big daddy hundreds. So my sense is if Mr. Rohit Sharma gets a big daddy hundred on in the Test Championship final, chances are his confidence will skyrocket and translate into his one-day scores and T20 scores moving forward as well. As far as the Australians are concerned, of course, Mr. Warner is the player to watch. He always, you know, he's been, he's, he's, he's been his back has been against the wall ever since the sandpaper gate happened. He was a different player before that, mentally. And quite different after that and so he would have to put on his helmet uh, mental emotional helmet to go out there and pick up his game and always like a point to prove probably his last series in some way or the other especially with the upcoming ashes i i think he will raise the bar he will be the player to watch out as will a freak innings from uh, smith or uh, labushain Rest will be, you know, comparable to, say, the Indian batting. Their bowling is what worries me more than their batting, to be honest. So, Cummins and Co. on a cloudy, overcast-swinging condition, Scott Boland, these guys can pull in the hard yards and bowl a nagging length. And I think uh, Mr. Hazelwood still is niggling an injury, so he might not turn up to the park. So... They have been difficult customers to get away, but 
probably not as wobbly as wily as mr james anderson i'll give him that so there is at this moment i'd probably put australia a bit ahead of india winning this test championship but i don't see it as a one sided encounter let's put it that way there will be the heroics that will come from india and that's been my pet peeve from time to time that you know if you if your team is getting bailed out owing to heroics and one stellar innings by someone or one brilliant spell by somebody clearly you're failing the process the process means everybody chips in equally measurably where nobody no one person has to do the heavy lifting but if you see some of the recent encounters matches india someone or the other has raised their hand up towards you know the lower order batters or we've had a spectacular spell from say mo shami or uh, mo siraj and uh, they've, they've just bailed india out right so uh, well <laughs> they say once the results are on the board they are on the board whether done by one person or 10 doesn't matter but i'm just saying that you know we talk a lot about processes and process and not worry about the result well if heroics are bailing you out then process is not working somewhere so i do sense that australia have a slight edge over india where we stand as on you know t minus 3 days but um, on the day we will get to the end of day 1 we'll get a better sense whether india holds the edge or not Well that's all the time I had for this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed sharing it with you. As always do share with those who care. Trying to build a community of people who love a simple regular conversation instead of those par packed 2 minute capsules. I mean I try but <laughs> I love having this easy going long drawn conversations. Anyhow, uh you know where to reach me the fastest way to send a note to me or reach me is on twitter search for ianisms a a y a n i s m s #ianisms just send me a tweet i will revert back to you if there are questions comments anything if you're on spotify do please review the podcast if you're on apple there is a just scroll down and you will see the link where you can write a review it'll really help me understand if the content is reaching the right audience and landing the way i intended to uh, intended it to be and please please do share uh, repost retweet whatever that you uh, wherever that you can i'll be very very grateful till we meet the next time stay well stay safe and let's look forward to a fabulous week ahead this is your host ian and you were listening to ianisms Thank you.